Hi everyone and welcome to the Local Homeschoolers Podcast, where you come for local resources and encouragement. I am your host, Autumn Frisbee. Hello everyone, on today's show we have a local Palm Beach County mom and teacher of over 22 years. Candice Acosta is a certified math teacher and has taught in traditional schools as well as virtual throughout her career. Over the years, she has tutored many homeschool kids and her passion is for students to recognize the beauty in mathematics. She has recently transitioned from teaching in the classroom to tutoring full-time. So welcome to the show, Candice. Thank you so much for having me, Autumn. Great. So could you share a little bit with our listeners about your family and your education background? Okay, I'll, I'll start with my family. I um, met my husband when I was in 10th grade in high school, <laughs> and we've been married for 23 years now. He happens to be a firefighter a paramedic in Broward County. Um, I also have a 14-year-old daughter, and she keeps me super busy. She's a competitive dancer, um, mainly tap, but she does dance competitively both with her school and at a studio. And my professional life, you know, as far as my education, I earned a bachelor's in elementary education at St. Thomas University in Miami. And then I continued my master's degree in curriculum and instruction. I did have an emphasis in math in that master's program at Florida Atlantic University. And like you said, I've been a certified math teacher for a little over 22 years now. The first 10 of those, I was in a traditional classroom, and the last 12, up until this past August, I was in the virtual setting. Okay, that's great. Um, Can you share a little bit about your passion and um, your passion behind teaching mathematics and how that came to be? Well, I'm not going to pretend like I always knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, Just to kind of give you some background, I was raised by a single mother And because of her profession, we moved around quite a bit. Um, I think I counted six different schools that I went to just in what we call junior high school in North Carolina. And then when I was 14, we left North Carolina and moved down to South Florida. And I'll never forget that because it was the last three months of the school year. And You know, up until that point, I had always felt quite confident as a math student. And those last three months, they threw me in a geometry class. And I had been taking Algebra 1 that whole school year. So, you know, as a 14-year-old, I couldn't process how all of a sudden I just wasn't very good at math. And how come these kids in Florida are so much smarter than me? And so, you know, I lost a lot of confidence in myself. I I can reflect back on those days and remember, you know, exactly how that made me feel. And I just felt lost. So I had to repeat, which was new to me, um, a class. I had to repeat that geometry class in 10th grade. And then finally in 11th grade, you know, it's kind of cliche, but I had that amazing Algebra 2 teacher who saw my abilities, who you know, knew that I just had some gaps in my learning and took the time to help me with that. So, you know, that built me back up and made me want to pursue a college degree. At that point, still didn't know when I graduated high school what I wanted to do. So, you know, I go to community college for a couple of years, and I think my mom got a little concerned that I was just going to be a professional student because I took every possible class that I could all that we could afford. 
and still had, you know, no real direction on what I wanted to do professionally. So my mom had a heart to heart with me and, you know, we sat down and I remember her telling me, remember back in high school, how you felt about that teacher and how good she made you feel about yourself. Don't you think you would like to do that? So that's pretty much where my spark for becoming a teacher came from is, you know, after my mom had to sit me down and say, okay, enough community college, we've got to move on at this point. What are you going to do with your life? Um, And then can you share a little on why you decided to leave the traditional school system and start to tutor just recently? Like I said, I was in a traditional classroom the first 10 years um, that I taught. And I so appreciate that time, you know, working with students face to face and having coworkers, you know, that lifted me and guided me. That experience was invaluable. But I remember after about year nine, I was already, you know, feeling fizzled out and and didn't really have that passion that I started with. And after discussing it with my family, we kind of concluded that it wasn't that I didn't have a passion for teaching. It's just that I didn't feel like I was being successful, you know, because of all of the bureaucracy with public schools and you have to follow their timeline. I knew that I just wasn't reaching all of my students. And of course, that didn't make me feel so great about myself professionally. So that is when the virtual setting came in because I knew that virtual schools, um, students worked at their own pace. And I thought, that's brilliant. That's what I want. I want to work with kids where they are. And even though I had a full classroom of students, every single student moved at their own pace. So fast forward, then COVID hits. So the past couple of years, I, I really felt more like I was a customer service agent more than anything else and just really felt burnout. And my family sat me down, my husband in particular, because every Monday night from 5 to 6 p.m., I got to teach a live lesson. And that was the extent of my teaching, I felt. And he just reminded me how happy I was when Monday came around, ironically, that I literally got to sit with a group of students and teach Algebra 2. That's what I taught. I've primarily been a high school teacher. So because my family is so supportive of me and wants me to be happy professionally, you know, my husband in particular encouraged me, why don't you just pursue some tutoring? Now, my virtual school was quite a demanding job, you know, more than 40 hours per week I had to put in. So I thought, well, how on earth can I tutor and work full time? So he told me, you don't need to continue there. Go ahead and do what you know is going to make you happy. So that's why I decided this school year to just pursue tutoring full time. And so what is your vision for tutoring mathematics in the Palm Beach community? Well, I've always thought that it would be, you know, professionally exciting. I know I kind of geek out on this sometimes, but professionally exciting to have students that I take from point A to point B. And, And to clarify what I mean by this is to just have 
a student or a group of students that I continue with them year after year until hopefully I can get them, you know, until they graduate. Not only do I feel like this would allow me to build those important relationships with those students, but also with their families, because, you know, it takes a village in these days, quite honestly. And that gives me the opportunity to closely monitor them, to track their progress. And I did have this experience just one time in the traditional setting. So I had a group of students that I started with in Algebra 2, and I encouraged them, even though it's not a graduation requirement, to roll with me the next year and take pre-calculus And then by that point, I had their trust and I convinced them to then take calculus with me their senior year. So I had the same group of students for three years. That was the most amazing experience for me. So rewarding to see their growth and to see the group of students in the beginning who thought, no way can I make it through calculus. And there they were just crushing it their senior year. And that is exciting to me. That is fulfilling to me to see that they trust me and gain confidence in themselves to actually challenge well beyond what they thought they could do. That's a cool story because that's definitely a win for both of you. And um, I was actually just researching something about Swedish schools versus American schools. And one of the things they said in Sweden that they have the teacher follows with the student each year. So there's that progress that they're seeing. Well, my aunt, who is a retired teacher um, from Italy, she was an elementary teacher, but that's ex- that's what she has always done. That is nothing new where she's in um, from in Genoa. She mm-hmm. had them from kindergarten through, I think, sixth grade, the same mm-hmm. exact students. They were family to her. So it was it's fun to talk to her about that because you know that's not the norm here in the united states yeah and that's unfortunate because the bonds can be strong um and that's a benefit of homeschooling you know we get to be with our students and we get to see what they need and how they can improve year after year so um and so what are the needs that you've seen for math and tutoring in the homeschool community well i hope this comment doesn't step on anyone's toes. But, um, you know, when I was in the virtual setting, I will say probably 50% of my students, and again, I taught Algebra 2, were classified as homeschool students. So I completely understand that, um, you know, most families who are homeschooling can be quite successful with the math curriculum up to a certain point. Um, But In conversations that I've had with homeschool parents, they get a little intimidated once you get to the middle school or upper level maths. So I feel like, you know, once you hit that area that you're not confident in, confidence is so important in math. So, you know, that's that's where I see the need is once students get to those upper level math courses that maybe parents aren't you know, they haven't used that in quite a while unless they, you know, have some profession that they use math a lot. Yeah, I think that's what you keep coming back to is just providing that confidence. If a family currently has a student who's struggling in math, can you provide a few tips or tricks that might help them in certain areas or ways to maybe they can discover what their student is struggling with? Well, this, in my opinion, comes back to that confidence. So 
I've just come to understand that many students who claim that they struggle in math, I don't do well in math, I'm no good in math, it's their mindset. So, you know, teaching kids early on that making mistakes is how our brains learn and always reinforcing that idea, it helps them realize that struggling is actually part of the process. So all too often, I I feel like students just kind of give up as soon as they make the slightest mistake. But if families and, you know, tutors and all those involved can continue to encourage that growth mindset and understanding what I call the power of yet. My students know I love to use that word. (laughs) It just helps them overcome that fear of failure because failure only comes when they stop trying. And so one way that I tend to do this is to actually use non-math examples of how mistakes are a good thing. Um, And it tickles me when students know who Bob Ross is because He's, he's the biggest example, you know, to use of making mistakes and how they turn out to be happy little trees. (laughs) And, you know, I I did some research. There's tons of things like post-it notes came about by mistake. Um, An inventor was trying to make a really strong glue and got super frustrated when his glue was even less potent than most glues that were around at that time. Well, that became a great invention. Penicillin, you know, that uh, uh, doctor actually threw his Petri dish away. And once the mold started growing, realized, oh, it killed all the bacteria. And then, you know, other examples like a slinky and silly string, all of those came about from scientists making mistakes. So when I kind of lighten the mood and talk to students, you know, like, hey, the mistake isn't the bad thing. Quitting is the bad thing. That's where I think families should really hone in and make sure that their kids just have the mindset that they're capable of learning. They just have to persevere and push through even on those really challenging concepts. What are some things you could advise for a kid or parents currently with elementary students? kind of um, signs they should look for or watch out for in these early years? Well, the basics. Um, Let's just say, for example, students aren't really encouraged to learn their multiplication tables very much anymore. And that's something that surprises me. So enforcing just those basics early on, I think is crucial. So in your previous experience, how would you help a student who was struggling in math? Well, first, I go back to the basics because, you know, a lot of times that's that's where the issue started. And then if it's not addressed, it just continues to roll with that student. Um, you know, fractions, for example, even calculus students <laughs> struggle with fractions sometimes and the operations with fractions. So when I notice that a student is struggling with a new concept, I just keep going back and and do back scaffolding until we figure out where the actual issue lies so that they can then learn the new concept. What math curriculum or intervention program would you recommend for a struggling student? 
Well, I am a huge fan of Khan Academy. Um, I find that it it's invaluable for math students of all levels. There are very um, step-by-step instructions in their videos. Um, it is adaptive learning, which basically just means, you know, it progresses the student if they're successful. It kind of keeps them on a lateral move if they're not successful until they have mastered that skill and students move on only when they know that they have successfully, you know, mastered the concept that that they needed in that particular lesson. So Khan Academy, I always encourage for, for families. Let's talk a little bit about tutoring. So explain what you would do for an initial consultation and how you go about assessing a student. Well, you know, I'm still toying with this because I'm new to just being a tutor. And that, that actually was a question that my 14 year old very blatantly asked me, mom, I know that you're a really good teacher, but are you sure you can tutor? And I had to actually think about that. (laughs) So, you know, I decided that my initial visit with a student, I'm not going to do what I would have normally done in a classroom and give them, you know, some form of assessment. I just try to analyze, you know, their strengths and their weaknesses as we're working. And I, I have folders and I take notes on all of my sessions so that I can remember each student where I may need to go back and let's say review fractions or review their multiplication tables as we're working. Okay. And um, what, in your opinion, why do you think people struggle so hard with math? Um, There's just a lot of, I feel like a lot of, like you said, confidence issues when it comes to math. Well, it may, you know, have to do with a lot of homeschool parents probably didn't learn math the same way it's taught today. You know, this, um, this new way of teaching math threw threw people off years ago. And that might be part of the issue. But again, I want to use that word struggle that you said that that's exactly what we're supposed to do with math is to struggle through it and, and figure it out. And I believe that it comes back to that confidence and teaching them that you don't understand it yet. You don't know how to do it yet. But if we just continue to practice and, you know, continue addressing any of those negative mindsets and showing them that, hey, this is part of the journey is to figure it out, you know, to have a problem, determine how you're going to solve that problem and then follow through with it. So it's, it's a lot to do, I think, with mindset parents learning that there are new strategies different than what we learned back in the day and that you know kids are capable of learning this new this new way of learning math which i'm a little you know i have different opinions about i do believe in learning less at a deeper level you know which is kind of the idea now is we teach less every grade level, but at a much deeper level. And that just takes time for you to see the benefits, you know, so stick with it, persevere, and always have a growth mindset. 
That's one thing that, um, you know, I'd like to mention that I'm excited about with tutoring that I actually saw in the virtual world. You know, I was very concerned about leaving a traditional classroom because, you know, that's, that's where I could see on their faces if they were confused or just read their body language. And I thought, how on earth is, am I going to know in a virtual setting? Well, kids in a virtual setting, they're one-on-one with me or they were, and they were very open at asking questions where in a classroom, especially middle school students, my first three years were in middle school. Those are rough years. They are so worried about their peers making fun of them or laughing at them for asking questions. Well, now tutoring one-on-one, they know they have me face-to-face right in front of them. They could ask me anything without any, you know, apprehension of someone making fun of them or laughing at them like they would in a classroom. And so will you be doing tutoring face-to-face and virtually, or what is the plan for that? Well, preferably face-to-face, but I, you know, I do have some students, kids are so busy today with all of their activities that, you know, occasionally they might not be able to make it to my house. So we, we do meet online and I, the format that I, the platform that I use is Zoom, Um, because I'm most familiar with it, but I, you know, I purchased a license so that it's secure. But for the most part, the students that I tutor now come to my house, but, you know, I have one student, he plays golf and he's in Taekwondo and he plays basketball. So sometimes he just doesn't have enough hours in the day to get a ride to my house. So yeah, but luckily I'm experienced online and I feel confident tutoring them even online. Okay, that's great. And then if a family currently has a math curriculum, is that something you kind of just step in and then walk alongside them? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't change up anything that they're already, you know, using and find successful. Okay. So you don't necessarily think the curriculum is the key, the key to success when it comes to math? In my head, math is math, you know, like the concepts don't change. It's how you teach them that change. So. I'm I'm willing to use whatever curriculum parents, you know, have already vested in. So if a family would like a consultation, what is the best way they can get in touch with you? The best way is just quite honestly to just call me or text me. Um direct cell phone number is 561-451-7566. Um they can obviously email me too if they're more comfortable doing that and that would be Candice Acosta at yahoo.com. Okay, well, that's great. I appreciate your time, Candice, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. No problem. I appreciate you having me, Autumn. Thank you for tuning in to the Local Homeschoolers podcast. If you would like to share your homeschool story or have a local Palm Beach County resource that you would like to share on the podcast, please reach out to us at localhomeschoolers.com.